0: Well, good morning, everybody. Technical difficulties um, right there. You know, technology sometimes doesn't work uh, the way that we we hope it does. Um, So we'll have to kind of skip that um, over here for today. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. we got a full crowd. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys are here. My name is Clayton, pastor at Central. And I'd love for you to be able to follow along with the message today. So on the screens that are working, um, you can uh, scan the, the QR code uh, just right there, and you can follow along with the message. But if you don't uh, do that, here's another thing you could do you just go and get the, the central app, okay? And uh, it's, called, it's on church, it's called Church Central, the uh, Church Center app, and it's a great way. It's got everything you could ever want um, to know about the church, all the information, small groups, um, how to give, the, the, the notes, and it's just, it's, just, it's just a great place, and you can all have it. I'm right there on your phone. If you're a guest with us, man, I'm glad you're here um, this morning. And we're gonna we're gonna go fast today um, in this message. So if you have your Bible, we're gonna do some Bible drill type stuff today. We're gonna be going um, really fast today. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad everybody that's, that's watching online, you're here with us um, as as well. We are in the middle of a a series that we are calling um, from Wandering to Winning, and it's looking at Abraham's life, who was a wanderer, and he became a winner. And how did he do that? And it's, it's four choices that he had to make, and it's four choices that the church has to make, and you as an individual or you as a family, you have to make as well. So week one, we talked about how we have to choose between comfort and calling. So those are two different things. Are we going to chase after comfort in this life, or are we going to chase after the calling that God has for us? Last or the second week, we talked about embracing the promise. Uh, so, Abraham had a specific promise from God. He embraced it. God gives you promises as well. Do you embrace those as well? Have you, have you chosen to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? The third week, last week, we talked about fighting for the city. And Abraham fought for uh, the city of Sodom. And he begged God to save it. And are you doing the same thing for your city, for your community? Are you sharing your faith? Are you living? the Christian life outside of these walls the way that you should be. That, those are some things we talked about. Well, today we're going to talk about laying it all on the line because eventually that's what Abraham had to do. Now, for parents in this room, sometimes we make promises and we don't intend to keep them, right? Like especially to our kids. We, we make some promises like, no, Johnny, if you'll just... If you'll just behave in the grocery store, like be quiet, sit in the cart, and don't say a word. If you do that, then I'll take you to get ice cream or something, right? And so the kid is perfect, and you get out to the car, and you're putting all your stuff in the car, and they're like, well, what about ice cream? You're like, oh, man, I thought you forgot about that. And so you got to take them to get ice cream. We do that sometimes. But God has made some promises to Abraham. We're going to look at that today. And he never intended to not fulfill them. He always intended to keep his promise. And Abraham never forgot about the promises that God had given him. So we're gonna look at that today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to uh, Genesis chapter uh, 21. I don't have, have them on the screen, but I'll just look them up on notes. They'll be on behind me and on the other screens um, for you to look at today. But here's what the Bible said. The Lord kept his word... And did for Sarah exactly what he had promised, so she became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son, for Abraham, uh, to a son for Abraham in his old age. And this happened at just the right time, that God said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. And so Abraham, a lot of us have heard this story, but I think this is a great story for us today. Abraham was in a good place. Honestly, I would say this was a great place for him. I mean, the impossible had happened, right? Um, the the promises of God had been fulfilled. Life is good. He has a son. And this is a, honestly, it's a great moment for Abraham, and he would probably hope that he could stay in this moment forever. And so instead of calling it just a moment, let's call it a a season. In fact, God has certain seasons in store for your life that almost every one of us, at some point or another, we go through. And today I want to talk about Three seasons we find from this passage that we usually all go through. And the first season is what Abraham experienced. And we're going to call it a season of sunny skies. This is what Abraham went through. It was a great time. You ever been, you had a time like that where everything is good, like everything seems right with the world. Life is just, it's great in that moment. I remember a couple years ago, my wife and I, Holly, we got to go to Costa Rica with some friends of ours and have just a week vacation, just completely away from everything. Sorry, Hannah, the kids weren't there, okay? So it was great. The kids, they just weren't there. And it was, it was a good time. Um, and But but it, it was just this fantastic place we got to stay at. It was in the jungle, about 100 yards from the beach, this private beach. We'd walk through the jungle with monkeys and all kinds of crazy animals. We'd walk up underneath the canopy, go to the beach. The canopy is like going over the, the, the sand and we would sit in these chairs and just relax and watch the ocean waves it was awesome it felt like we were on a private like secluded island it was just incredible and I remember that moment because life was good you know life was just awesome and God gives us those moments sometimes as as a gift I mean moments like this where relationships are perfect everything's just going right money's in the bank your future that you have planned for yourself is just just clicking along, like everything is happening at work. Opportunities keep coming up and up at, at work. You're like, man, life is is just good. And for I'm 40 years old, and like when I get out of bed, it's it's different nowadays. Like I get out of bed, and like I gotta stretch, and it's just I gotta be careful and make sure everything's working. Like it just it takes a little bit to get going in the morning. But when life is good, you just like you just like jump out of bed. You're like, let's go today, you know, and you're just ready for the day. Like life is just awesome, and it's this season that we go through, but let me say this. It's not good to stay there. It's not good to stay in that season. If I stayed on the beach, what's gonna happen? First, I'm gonna get sunburn. okay? Like, look at this, okay? it's gonna, It's gonna go bad for me pretty quickly. So, I'm going to get sunburned. I'm going to get sand in all the wrong places, you know. <laughs> and, and that lounge chair is going to get uncomfortable eventually. I'm going to get annoyed at the, the ways, and I'm going to be ready to go. And every single one of us that have, has been to the beach, we all have one thing in common. You know what it is? We've all left. right Eventually, we all left the beach. Whether we were bored, we were tired, or it was time to go, we, eventually, we all had to leave that moment in that season. The good times don't always continue forever. They are are temporary. And the sunny skies type of season is, is a temporary moment because God knows you need something more. He knows you need something different. Now, this may not be very popular, but every single one of us, we need some trials in our life, and we need some testing in our life. God has that for us. Let's look at James. Be up on the screen right here. Here's what the book of James says about it. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, <laughs> consider it an opportunity for great joy. I, I don't like that verse. Okay? I don't like it. That's what the Bible says. It says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The Bible says that when you go through tough times, consider it joy. God has a purpose for that. Several years ago, I had an opportunity to to run this this race. And life is kind of like a race. And this race had a lot of trials in it and testing. Let me show you a clip of it. Are you ready? Find out what's in here. I want to find out what I'm capable of. You have to get out there, and although you've never done it, and it's outside of your comfort zone, you got to tell yourself, I can do this. You're a part of something bigger than just you running a race. And across the finish line, I feel alive. This is the best time of my life, right here, Spotted. Who's going with me? Anybody? Yeah, some of you guys are like, yeah, let's do this. So I got to go a couple times with, with a team, and actually my, my kids uh, got to go, and they did the, the kids race, and it was awesome to be able to see that. But you, you had no idea what you are getting into. The race developers would not tell you what the obstacles were. They didn't tell you how many there were. It's just out in the woods, and you have no idea if you're going to run a mile in between the, the obstacles or 100 yards. And you just run, and you get to this next thing, and you don't even think about it. You just do it. You're lifting tires. You're throwing spears. You're going through mud, and Jumping over fire, just crazy stuff. And the goal is not to win the race. The goal is just to complete the race and just just to finish it. But life is like that sometimes. And if you're in this room or you're watching online right now and you have faith in God, you say, you know what, I have faith in God. Let me tell you something. That faith is going to be tested. That faith is not just this easy, leisurely stroll down the street. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be trials. There's going to be some testing that God puts you through for a purpose. And God has this season for Abraham, too. So life does not stay just easy for him. Let's look what the Bible says in Genesis 22, um, right up here. It says this that sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, Here I am. Take Abraham. Your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. So land of Moriah is actually where Jerusalem is now. It says, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will I will show you. Now, we don't know how old Isaac is. We think he's probably like 12 or 13 years old. He had to be strong enough to carry some supplies, but he couldn't have been just so strong that he could fight, you know, Abraham off. Like, he, my son's 17 over there. There's no way he's letting me do what Abraham's about to do, right? He's just going to fight me off, okay? So we don't know how old um, Ab- Isaac is, but he's probably that, that age. But think about this. You know what that means? That means that they have a relationship. There's history there. There's trials and the good times and the bad times, and there's growing up, and there's this relationship, relationship between a father and a, and a son. Like put yourself in Abraham's shoes. Would you even consider God's request? Some of you guys are like nope. <laughs> You'd be like, "Hey God, I think like our, our our wires are crossed here. We got we got some miscommunication. You wouldn't you wouldn't ask me to do that." Can you imagine what Abraham was going through? That he was he was scared and confused and and also you got to remember this. Abraham's still trying to figure God out, okay? Abraham doesn't have the scriptures. He couldn't have gone and said, "Okay, you may do what, God? Okay, let me look through the Bible and see if that lines up with Scripture, which is what we should do today. He didn't have that back then. He's still trying to figure God out. And he's living around all these pagan um, uh, people, and they have different religious practices. And one of the, the most sincere practice they can do that showed their true faith was child sacrifice. Did y'all know that? And all around Abraham, that's what was going on. And so when God asked him to do that, he's probably like, well, is, is that. Is that how I show my, my true faith to God? He's probably going through a lot of confusion and trying to figure out who God is and what he's calling him to do. And so for Abraham, the skies aren't sunny anymore. In fact, he, he moves into this, this new season, and here's it up on the screen. It's this season, a season of, of severe storms. It's not sunny skies anymore, it's cloudy, it's not pretty. Some of us have gone through that. Whether we have a, a prodigal child that has decided to go against what you say and the best plans you have for them. Some of you, I know your story of losing a spouse when it was not time. Losing someone in your family when it wasn't time. And you weren't expecting it. And you're like, God, why? What is going on? I can't do this. I feel like I'm drowning here. It's not sunny skies. There's some severe storms in my life. Why am I going through this? And here's here's what I think is really going on, that the promises of God are incredible, aren't they? I mean, the promises God gives us are amazing, And and he gives us so much, like joy, He gives us grace. He gives us a way out of sin. He gives us protection. He gives us provision. And you know what? He sure is patient with us. God gives us those things. And honestly, we love it, don't we? Like we love the promises of God. And Abraham's life is the same way. There's a storm coming in his life, and God wanted to know what Abraham was putting his faith in. Was he Putting his faith in God, or was he putting his faith in the promises that God had for him? You see, God doesn't want us to put our faith in what he can do for us. He wants us to put put our faith in in him, right? In him alone. And The best way you can can tell where your faith is 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 to answer this question. If, If God took all of his blessing away from you, would you still praise him? Would you still worship him? Would you thank him? That's tough. We love his promises. And God is saying, do you love me more? In the story, you have to wonder, what is Abraham going to do? Is he going to to worship the promise or is he's going to worship the the promise giver like is he is he going to cling to his son which is the literal promises metaphor gets the promises of of god this future this covenant that god had made with abraham is he going to hang on to that or is he going to trust in god in the middle of this season let's look what the bible says in this story genesis chapter 22 here's what the bible says the next morning abraham he got up early He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I, we're going to travel a little bit further. We'll worship there and then we'll come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders And while he himself, he carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. Well, we we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Like he's saying, we're a little light here. We're missing a piece of the puzzle. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. And when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and he arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. We've probably heard that story before, but let me say this that's some serious faith, isn't it? Like he didn't even hesitate in making that decision to move forward. You wanna know how it's some serious faith? He didn't even talk to Sarah about it. Did y'all realize that? Like Sarah woke up and they're like, where's Abraham and Isaac? Ah, they went on a trip, you know? He moved. When God called him to something, Abraham had this faith. His faith was being tested. He said, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow you. Now, it was a 50-mile journey to get to the place they were supposed to go. Three days. That's how long it took them to get there. Now, three days... Of a journey, it's a long time when you don't have Netflix and a podcast to listen to. You know what I'm saying? Like you just have to, you have to just, just think. There's a lot of time to think. There's a lot of time to pray. And you know what? There's a lot of time to turn around and to go back. But in the middle of confusion, in the middle of fear, in the middle of this stormy season in Abraham's life, he showed his faith and he proved his faith. And when Isaac was like, hey, uh, where's the sacrifice? Abraham says, God will provide. And this is a different season. This is how you get out of that stormy season in your life. This is a, a third type of this, this upper level of a season that honestly I believe God wants for every single one of us. It's this a season of surrender. Everything was good in Abraham's life, his faith is tested. And he moves into this season of surrender. And God is asking you this morning, do you really trust me? Like not just with your words, not just with, you know, good intentions. Like do you really trust me? Look what James 2 says. He says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? He says, says this, you see, his faith And his actions, they worked together. And his actions made his faith complete. What it's saying is, is that Abraham, not just through his mental or his heart faith, but through his actions showed that he truly trusted in God. It It showed his true colors. Let me say this. If you're confused today about, like, why would God ask Abraham to do that? God didn't want Abraham to kill his son, Isaac. He really didn't. You want to know why? Because through Isaac was guys like Jacob, King David, and Jesus. God had a plan even for Isaac's life. You see, God was testing Abraham, and he's saying, do you really trust me? Have I not shown you over and over again through your life? You're 99 years old. Have I not walked with you and shown you that I am trustworthy? Do you really trust me? And Abraham passed the test. And he, he passed the test with this one thing. Abraham was really, truly willing to sacrifice his son. I'll prove it. Look what Hebrews has to say. Hebrews 11 If you want to have a commentary, like a New Testament explanation of the Old Testament, Hebrews is is it, okay? Here's what Hebrews 11 says. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. And Abraham, who had received God's promises, get this, he was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told him that Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again, and in a sense... Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. He was really willing to do that. He wasn't just like holding up the knife going, okay, in the count of three. One, two, two and a half. Right? Like, he didn't go through that. He was like, God, when are you going to show up? He was willing to do that. And the Bible says he was willing to do that because he had faith so much in God That He believed that God would still fulfill his promises, even though he was confused and didn't know what was really going on. Do any of us really trust God like that? Like, especially in the storms. I'm not just talking about having a bad day. I'm talking about, like, when the the plans that God has revealed to you, you think that God has revealed to you. Like, when those things start falling apart, you're like, where are you, God? I thought you had this in store for me and it didn't turn out that way. Like when your faith is slipping through your, your fingers and you're beginning to question whether he's, he's even listening and whether he's even real. Like a lot of us have those moments where our faith is in crisis and we don't know what's going on. Like when you're confused and you feel like a failure when you're your kid who you have worked so hard and loved so much and sacrificed so much for when, when they turn and tell you no, and I'm going to do my, my own thing, and they run, not just from you, but from God. You're like, God, what, what went wrong? Like, I brought them to church every week. I read the Bible to them. I made sure that they were safe and, and taken care of, and, and they, they've run from it. Like, I'm confused because I thought that if I did that, you would produce this. And it's not working out the way that I had planned. You have this this moment of of crisis of faith. For some of us, it's this moment where, like, honestly, you just don't feel it anymore. Like, there was a time in your life where you felt it. Like, you had this this spiritual moment where you you were so close to God and you just been searching for that for so long and you just don't feel it anymore. And honestly, you just don't feel anything, you're just going through the motions. Those are the storms I'm talking about, the crisis of faith moments that a lot of us have. And I believe God is calling you to trust him completely this morning. Because when you do, when you fully put your trust in him, you give him an opportunity to be the hero in your life and to show just how trustworthy he is. Look what happens in Genesis 22 in this story. This is what happened to Abraham. It says, at that moment... The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said, like, stop. Like, stop what you're doing. Don't get to three. Stop. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have, you have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. And then Abraham, he looked up, and he saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he, he took the ram, and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham, he named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. You see, Abraham, he surrendered his future. I mean, Isaac was his future, and he surrendered it to God. And said, God, do with it as you will. And God showed up, God took control, and he took over. And this is... At the exact same time, the, the scariest place you can be and the most secure place you can be. When you are not in control and you surrender your life to God. A great way to think about it is like when you're going on a, on a, a plane ride. And how many of you guys are the people that you're, just, you're nervous about the, the landing and the takeoff and you just you strap in a little tighter you kind of hold on to the, 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 to the, the hand, hand the restaurant there, and you're just praying. Like your prayer lot just goes crazy in that moment, you know. And he's like, please, Lord, just just get me here safely. There's that kind of, there's no trust there. Like you don't trust the plane. You don't trust the pilot. You don't know who that person is. Are they even asleep? Are they asleep? Like whatever, right? You don't, you don't trust them. Compared to the other kind of person, maybe you're like that where this person that they get on the plane and they don't even listen to the the uh, you know the safety announcements, they just put on like a, a headset and some the eye things and they just like lean out and they're just they fall asleep. The plane takes off, travels to the destination, makes a hard landing, that person's still asleep and it finally goes, "Bing!" and they're like, "Oh, we're here." Right? That was a great flight, right? That's a different level of trust. That person was so trustworthy of the plane and the pilot, and they, they didn't even know, but they trusted them so much that they could just they could just sleep. God is saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me like that? And honestly, we've been, we've been talking about Abraham for the last four weeks to get to this one moment right here. To ask yourself, what areas in my life Have I not surrendered to God? What areas of my life have I not trusted to God? What areas of my life have I actually tried to hide from God? You're like, God, you can have this part of my life, but you know, this part, mm, I really care about this, so you you can't have that. I'm I'm gonna be in control here. Another way to think of it is, is to think of it this way What have I not put on the altar? It's a great thing to think of a metaphor, to think about that. But Abraham, he put his, his future on the altar. He put the promises of God on the altar. He put everything in his life that he'd been working up towards, he put that on the altar and said, God, it's yours. And the question is, what have you not put on the altar in your life? I think there's a couple things that we have not put on the altar. Let me, let me kind of list them for you. One of them is our failures, the failures I've made. Every single one of us has failures. Some are bigger than others. Some of us have pasts that we don't want anybody to know about. We don't want to talk about it. And yet, we feel like we've been forgiven of those things. We've asked for forgiveness, but we haven't actually forgiven ourselves. Like, we hang on to that past as like a a scarlet letter that we wear um, on us at all times and say, God, even though you've forgiven me, I mean, I've got this baggage and I am unqualified to really live for you. Or I've got this... This this baggage I carry around with me the rest of my life, and you know honestly it's because you haven't you haven't given that over to God fully, you haven't surrendered it. And, and I, here's the deal: when 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 you look at through Scripture, Jesus he would he would go from town to town and he would heal people. And when he'd heal people, he would say something like this: "Hey, your faith has made you well, so get up and sin no more. Get up and go." What he's saying is is forget your past. The thing that defined you, and say he said, you know what? I don't care about that anymore. How you think about it? It's not even in my mind anymore. I got a future for you. And for a lot of us, we 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 fail to give up our past. We hang on to it, especially our failures. Here's another thing we we fail to put on the altar: is the futures that we've planned. We got two different futures. One of them is our own. Like we have these great plans for our lives. Worked hard for this. I deserve this. You have it all laid out. And you're like, God, don't you touch it. I've got it all planned. You haven't given it over to him. You haven't given it over to him to the point where you said, You know what? God, I'll go wherever you call me to go. I'll do whatever you call me to do. Seriously, I will. I say, futures plural, because we have our future, we also have your parents in this room, we have our kids' future, and we got it all laid out, don't we? Like this perfect future for them, this life laid out for them, if they would just listen to us and obey, we got it all planned out for them, it's going to be perfect, and we love our kids so much that we don't want them to go through any hardship, and so we, we, we spend our lives trying to make sure that everything is good and right for them. And honestly, we have this anxiety. You guys know that anxiety of of thinking that your kid is making a mistake and it's going to cost them their future or something? You go through that. The reason is because the anxiety is there because you're not really trusting God in it. You're not trusting that God loves them even more than you love your kid. That God has a perfect plan for them, this plan that he has ordained for them. And you're you're saying, you know what, God, I know you got this plan, but I got a better plan. God, you just need to trust me. I've, I've been working this out. It's going to work out for my kid. Have you given that over to God? Here's a, here's a big one. The finances that I've earned. Let me ask this. one. This is, this is going to be a tough one. For some of us, it might be a simple thing, actually, that you're like, you know, yeah, I give God control of my finances. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm living that way. But for a lot of us, this is the one thing that is so hard to do. Here's the true test. I'm going to use a word that we don't like to use at church. People look at us and say, well, yeah, that's just what they're all about. Let me use this word. Tithing. <laughs> Ugh, time to go. <laughs> tithing. Tithing, let me just say this. Tithing is the true test of where your heart's at. That's what it is. Whether you have a lot or you have a little, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter to God. It's the true test. When I say tithing, here's what I mean. Regular, committed, giving, continuously. Not just here and there, not just a little bit, but like you put a plan to, in, into place and this is what you decided to do. That's what I mean by, by tithing. Let me give you some, some numbers here. Do you know that we have 270 families that call Central Home or uh, like, they're, like they're, they're a member or they're, they're attending? They're coming here all the time? 270 families, that's a lot of people, that's awesome. Did you know that 136 of those families give? I went to AM, but I can do that math. That math is 50.4%. That's half. If we were in school, that's an F. If your kid made that grade, you'd be so mad at them, right? Yet the church, that's the grade we're getting. Honestly, it should make half of us in this room pretty upset. Because you can look to your right and to your left and someone that you just looked at is not giving. <laughs> or we could split the room in half and say, you guys, awesome. And you guys, Why? Half of us should be, be kind of mad about this. Half of us are probably a little convicted right now, or you're kind of defensive. And I hate being up here talking about this. But it's the true test of your faith. It's one of them, it's a big one. We get defensive sometimes. We say, you know what? Okay, Clayton, I give. Like, seriously, I give. I give to a lot of things. I give to, like, nonprofits. I give to this family that no one even knows about. And that's awesome. In fact, I would say that uh, as Christians, we should be the biggest givers to nonprofits. We should be the biggest givers to people in need. But let me say this. Jesus did not create nonprofits to change the world. He created his church to do that, right? And as a Christian, he's saying, where is your heart at? Are you giving to that which I have ordained to change the world? You know, some of us might say in a defensive way that, you know, I, I give of my time. All right. That's great. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can, we can give uh, to God. And we're like, you know what? Okay, just right now, I'm giving God my, my time. I'm here all the time. I'm serving. I'm even in leadership here at, at this church. I'm, I'm doing the things that, I'm, that I should be doing. Why well, your pastor, let me just say this. You're just playing games, right? What you're saying is that, you're saying my time is, is more important than my, or sorry, my time is not as important as my money. And so I'll give God my money, it's, or I'll give God my time because it's not as important as the money. That make sense? I got that all confused. You know what I'm saying. Like my time is not that big of a deal, so I'll, I'll give it. But, but I'm holding on to this, this money. This is mine. I've earned this. I've worked for this. I get up every morning for this. Or you might say, you know what? I will give, but it's just tough right now. Like I just can't right now. I just can't. Times are tough, and I get it. Times are tough, and it, it's it's tough for everybody. You know, it's tough for the the forty. Or the, the 50.4% who are, who are giving right now, they're doing it. And when you say that times are tough and you're like, you know, I just can't do that right now, here's what, here's what Jesus says. He says this, that what you do with a little, you're going to do with a lot. And if you're like, you know what, I just can't do it right now, I'm just a, I'm just a poor college student, right, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like once I make money, then I'll be able to give. That, that's not the point. The point is your heart, Right. What's going to happen is that habit that you, that you develop right here, it's going to continue. Whether you have $5 or $5 million, it's going to stay the same. You see, here's the deal. God is not asking for your money. I hate to talk about your money. God is not asking for your money. I'm not asking for your money. God is asking for a surrendered heart, right? He's asking for you to surrender what's most important to you to him. For you single people... I, th- I think you gotta. For some, some of us, we gotta quit pretending that that like you're the the god of your finances, and you need to, you need to give that over to God. That's something you need to surrender to Him. For married people, I think some couples here need to have a conversation. I think there's some some people that might even, as a spouse, you might be like, "Yeah, we give." I think, <laughs> like, don't. Like, you need to have that conversation. Are we actually giving? Because I think some of us think that our spouse who is taking care of the finances is giving. And you just ask them, are we giving? For real. Like, is it actually happening? Or you need to have some conversation say, because you both know it's just something you don't want to talk about, whether you're giving or not. Here's what you got to do. You got to start by just taking a step. Again, it's not about your money. It's about where your heart is. What are the things that you need to lay down at God's feet? Is it your finances? Is it, your, is it your, the futures that you have planned and God is calling you to something you're saying, no, nope, no, nope, I, got, I got my own thing. Is there some hangups or hiccups in your life that you're like, you know what, I, I just can't give those over to God. And it's actually stunting your growth and keeping you from living this life that God has called you to do. Do you need to lay that down at his, at his feet? Here's a great way to kind of think of this, is, is this. A life fully surrendered to God. Think about that. A life fully surrendered to God is a life of taking next steps. No matter the cost. Thank God. I don't know how you're going to provide for me. I don't know how this is going to work out. I've been hanging on to this, this for so long. but I'm going to take a next step. Maybe it's a small step, but I'm going to take that to the next step. You know what this, this story also, of Abraham, says another thing. No matter where you're at, no matter if you're close to God or you feel like you're far away from God, you don't even know God. Here's something that you can know is true from this story. That God loves you. Like, God truly loves you. If you're saying this as a statement for yourself, you'd say this. God truly loves me. He really does. He's willing to sacrifice his own son. If you think about that. Like, Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. And that's just a foreshadowing of God sacrificing his only son on your behalf to save you from your sins. Ultimately, God sacrificing his one and only son is the true test of his love for you. Romans 5.8 says this. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This is not a nice, easy story, but this is how we're ending. And honestly, our lives are not nice and easy and and put together. The stakes are high. For Abraham, these stakes were massive. The idea of being in his shoes in that moment is hard to fathom. And for a lot of us, the things that we need to lay down on the altar are high stakes as well. It's going to be difficult, it's going to be tough. But I believe God is calling you to just, just think about that, to pray about that. You know, for some of us, here's what we need to do. We need to have some conversations with some people, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a family, whether it's a best friend. Maybe you're in a small group and y'all discuss the sermon like some of them do. Y'all need to, you need to talk about some of these things. Where in your life do you need to have some surrender? Are you hanging on to it? I believe God is asking us, where does our true allegiance lie? These are tough decisions. But the decisions you make about these things can change your life. They truly can. We pray for you. Father, thank you for the chance to talk about a difficult subject, um, but it's real and it's raw, and this story is real and raw. And I just thank you for your sacrifice that you made for us. I thank you for Jesus who willingly got up on the cross to die for our sins. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone in this room who's never accepted that gift, that they would do that today and have complete forgiveness and healing and restoration. And that weight of their sin would be lifted. They'd put their faith in you. Lord, I pray for all of us in this room who we say we trust God. We've got a lot of things in our lives hidden behind our back. I pray, God, you convict us. Maybe we're hanging on to our plans so much that we're not sensitive to your calling in our lives. Scared of being out of control, not having all the answers. Honestly, we're just scared of trusting in you. I pray, God, you'd help us to remember all the things that you have done in our lives, all the times where you have been trustworthy and faithful. I pray, God, you would call us to obedience and a life of faith that we would say, God, everything is yours, from our finances. To our families, and the futures we have planned, God, help us to make those tough decisions. I pray you bless us. Just like you blessed Abraham. You might be testing us right now, God. I pray that we be found faithful. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today for Central Online. We hope that this was a fantastic way for you to kick off 2023. If you made a decision for Christ today, let us know we wanna celebrate with you. Email us at prayer at cbcawasso.org and let us know what's going on. We are so excited for what God has in store this year. 2023 will truly be a year where Jesus changes everything. And I hope that you'll join us.